that, does, does red does red light mean okay hello 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 This week, it's big trouble for Little Hampton as they play away to the mighty swans. In this episode, expect chat about blood transfusions, asthma, GN confusions, and wine drinking inclusion. We may also discuss the match we're supposed to be reporting on. Hey Jack, how are you mate? I'm good mate. Uh, I gave blood this morning, so I'm a pint down. You look a bit pale. So you may need to... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Facebook update. Yeah, not, not telling us that you've given blood. No. Um, you might need to lead in the podcast a little bit. Okay. Um, if in case I pass out or something like that. You do generally talk quite a lot about your blood. Do you want to explain to us? I've got something else. My blood is, I already told you last night, my blood's quite special. I'm O negative, which means I can give to everyone. But just, to, just negative, I think. Yeah. But they told me today, I'm also neo blood. Do you know what that means? No. So my blood is what they call super baby blood. This is actually what they said. This super is, baby blood. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> my blood can go to babies. And they made a big deal out of it and they gave me a sticker. Wow. Yeah. Are you not wearing that sticker now? Uh, no, it was, on, it was on my blood bag. It was like, on, like they were like, do you want to do a selfie with the bag of blood? And I was like, I'm fine. But it says, it says Neo on it, as in like Neo from the Matrix. Wow. I, we talked a lot about giving blood last night and you've made me really want to give blood. Yeah, you should do it, man. If you had to, um, if you were injured in some sort of blood accident, yeah. heaven forbid, um, which, footballer, which footballer's blood would you like to be transfused with your blood? Uh, good question. Maybe, I mean, the first name that sprung to mind, I'm not really sure why, is James Ward Prowse. I feel like he has good blood. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Uh, my follow-up question is, what is a kind of blood accident? That sounds like I've either slipped uh, on blood or I been hit you, by a bag of blood. Yeah, no, more like you kind of, you lost a lot of blood. I wouldn't call that, that's not a blood accident, is it? That's just me. That's just an accident that involves that's just an accident. losing blood. Yeah, blood accident. Uh, well, Ward Prowse. Ward Prowse is a good shout. I was thinking Yaya Torre, because he's, he's just quite powerful. Yeah. Um, and then I was thinking about Erling Haaland, but I imagine he doesn't really have blood. He'd have, like, oil and... That does sound like the start of a superhero film, doesn't it? Taking Erlen Hahn's blood and you turn into some kind of super. Yeah, but I just I think he'd be like synthetic. It wouldn't be real blood. <laughs> He's a robot, isn't he? He's not a... Yeah. Speaking of transfusions, what about transitions? Yep, go on. And let's transition <laughs> into the next segment. So this is our news segment, Jack. What does this involve? So this is where uh, one of us reads out three football news stories. Um, two of them will be false. One of them will be 100% true. And the other person has to guess which is true. I love it. It's a fan favourite, isn't it? Yeah, it's everyone's favourite segment. Um, it's one thing we do pretty well on this podcast. Mm. So let's get into it. Okay. And they all have headlines as well, I should say. So the first headline is a newt to remember. A newt. A newt, as in like a little... Yeah. I think they're amphibians. Yeah. Uh, Laurie Walton... Uh, is the managing director of the Dis Wildlife Centre in Dis in Norfolk. Uh, shout out to Dis. During the pandemic, the centre did a lot of Facebook Lives uh, because people couldn't visit the centre. Um, and Laurie put up a video of a newt playing football one evening. Um, and it got 236 likes, which was a record for the centre at the time. Um, basically, from what I understand, Laurie would reward the newt with some sugar water every time it forced a tiny ball into a goal. Um and yeah, it's a bit of a viral sensation in, wow, the, yeah. in this. Uh, the newt was called Ted. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, got a few likes and Laurie saw, you know, saw there's, there's something in this. Dollar yeah. signs in his eyes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so seeing this could be a bit of a, bit of a, he's onto a winner. Uh, he began to train other newts to do, <laughs> to do the exact same thing. This is, in fact, this is the news. I believe you. Um, to train other newts to do the same thing using the same kind of Pavlovian conditioning. Um, and he said on Facebook that we'd have a newt football match and people could donate money 
to have pictures of themselves in the crowd, like a tiny, like, they made a cardboard stadium and yeah. you can have a cardboard picture of yourself if you donate five quid or whatever, right? Yeah. To the center, which is a good idea. Um, the game was played. Uh, it was broadcast live on Facebook Live. Um, it ended up being 6-3 to the blue team. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, there were four own goals, which isn't great. Um, but there's a, there's a sad element to this story. Oh dear. I know we had a good laugh, but um, Ted actually died on the pitch. Not in the game. In the game, yeah. What? <laughs> so um, a hand could be seen picking up the lifeless newt um, as it just it passed away in the game. Laurie did issue an apology, but maintains there was no cruelty involved and it was just Ted was a very old newt. Wasn't an overly harsh trainer. No, I don't believe so, but um, I don't know. I don't think they've done it again. Um, so yeah, there's that. I, was, I guess I the one know. and only ever new football match. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do it again. Um, but you know, it sounds interesting. It does sound interesting. I've got a few questions. I'm not sure you're going to have the answers. Do you know how many newts per team in the match? I imagine eleven. I didn't. I didn't see that. Eleven newts. So twenty-two newts playing football. That sounds like a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> I guess it's more of a five-a-side. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't see that part. Okay, well, it's still interesting. Um, I'd be quite keen to. Well, and watch it after this podcast. That might be coming up. Maybe it'll be on our socials, guys. Okay. If it's real, that is. Um, okay, so that's the first one. That was called A Newt to Remember. Um, the next one is A Slight Minx Up. A Slight Minsk Up. Apologies. A Slight Minsk Up. Okay. okay. As in Minsk. Well, you really have thrown me here. Yeah. Okay. The Belarus- Belarusian or Belarusian? Yeah, yeah, Belarusian. Belarusian Cup Final uh, was between Shakhtar Seligosk and Gomel yeah. in Minsk, in yeah. the capital of Minsk. Yeah. Um, Gomel were very much the underdogs. And before the game, they found out what hotel the Shakhtar team was staying in which is a classic kind of football shithouse thing that people do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they arrived at 12 a.m., sorry, well, 12 p.m., um, with fireworks, pots and pans, and speakers, and they began to make noise all night and let off fireworks, which is, again, nothing new. Um, but things did get out of hand. The police were called, the ambulance service were called, and the fire department were all called, as the fireworks had started a large fire in a waste bin. Um, several men had mild to severe burns, and two men had assaulted the hotel manager, uh, so they were arrested. Um, the crowd was dispersed around 4am, but reports say fans returned soon after the police had left. Um, and yeah, it carried on until 8am in the morning, apparently. Wow. Okay. Okay. Now, so just to clarify, it was the fans, not the players. The fans were doing this to the hotel. Now, it turns out the Gommel fans had some incorrect information. They were at the wrong hotel. So they actually were doing it at the Gommel Hotel. So they actually kept their own players awake all night through this actions. Uh, and Gommel lost 4-1. Oof. So a bit of a, a, min- a minsk up. If you get my I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of that? I really like that story. It seems quite believable. Yeah, it could happen. The Belarusians aren't uh, quite dim people. <laughs> I don't know what I mean by that. Apologies to all the Belarusians. Uh, yeah, well, they're in the bad books of Europe at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, they're the naughty guys. Um, but if you are listening from Belarus, uh, please keep listening and I apologise and write yeah. in and we can talk about it. And if you were involved in, in the Gommel Minsk Cup, what year was it? Do we know? Uh, 2017. Then write in as well. Because uh, we'd love to know more. Love to hear whether you were a firework person or a pots and pans person, or you weren't involved at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. That's one. And then the last one is six out of seven cats. Okay. So in Argentina in 1967, uh, apologise my pronunciations here. Uh, racing club Alavendia mm-hmm. won the Copa Libertadores, which is like a Champions League South America. Yeah. Um, this was a huge win for them. Their local rivals, Independiente were upset by this, so broke into their ground and buried seven dead cats in their ground. Wow. Okay, like a curse, like a bad juju kind of thing. Yeah. Is that racist, bad juju? I don't know. Okay, well, if it is racist, write in. Uh, <laughs> Why? <laughs> just to tell me I'm being racist and would apologise. Bad juju is not racist. It's a curse, right? Okay. 
Let's move uh, on. <laughs> racing club, after this, uh, began to decline. So the curse kind of worked. Um, they were relegated in 1983. Um, they were promoted back up. They also declared bankruptcy in 1998. So in a real weird trouble. They didn't want anything at that time as well. So since that, uh, Libertadores won when they were really struggling. Um, the fans pressured the club to do something about the curse, which everyone had heard about by this point. Um, the club hired a priest who performed an exorcism in front of 100,000 fans. And the fans, after the exorcism, dug up the stadium looking for the cats. But they only found six. But seven cats were buried, okay? Um, so that was in 1998. Um, in 2011, 2001, sorry, uh, the entire ground was dug up and uh, basically taken apart effectively by a prof- professional construction crew and they found the last cat. Oh, good. Okay. The same year the last cat was found, Racing Club won the Premier Division and the curse was considered finally over. Wow. Okay, so that's called six out of seven cats. What do you make of those? Um, I've not heard of that club. I think what would have been really good is if Independiente had actually only buried six, but had said they'd that buried been, seven, that been clever, and they'd yeah. be looking for them forever. They'd be living rent-free. I thought you were going to say it'd be funny if they got the wrong stadium and buried it in their own stadium, a bit like the Gommel situation. Yeah, yeah, but that, that would have been good. I liked it. Why seven? Is that, is that? I have no idea. If you know anything about Argentinian curses, write in. Right, yeah. <laughs> a lot of requests to write You're in. Flooded with letters yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, seven dead cats. I don't know. It's kind of gross. I hope the cats are already dead. I hope they didn't kill the cats. Yeah. Um, but I can't be, I can't be sure about that. Um, all of these are believable, Jack, I've got to say. Yeah, do you want to hear the headlines again? Please. A newt to remember. That's the one about the DIS Wildlife Centre. Yeah. Uh, a slight Minsk Cup, which is the Belarusian Cup final firework disaster. And six out of seven cats, which is the one you just said about the curse in Argentina. Yeah. Animal themed, aren't they? Mm. Um, I think the one that is true is the newt story. Wait, final answer? Mm-hmm. I was completely made up. Oh, no. I don't even know if there's a dis wildlife center. <laughs> I really the want it to be true. True story. Yeah. True story is six out of seven cats. That's completely true. Wow. That did happen in Argentina. What was the second um, one? Should I consider The second that? one was uh, a slight mint, mint scup. Which okay. Is a firework thing. But the eight, there's, there's so many stories about curses in football. It is insane. If you ever Google football curses, yeah. it's endless reading. Yeah, Something right now with uh, Paul Pogba as well, if you didn't read that story, which is kind of a dark story. But there are so many football curses, especially when you go to Africa and South America. It's full of curses. Yeah, there was that story, and I don't know if this is true, that, that Asamo Jan killed his sister because of shame and told Jesus him to. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. Oh, well, Allegedly killed his sister. If Asamo Jan is listening, mm. please write in. And in Asamo Jan news, he's trying to get back in the Ghana squad for this year's World Cup. Well, if he killed his sister, I'd rather he'd not. Yeah. But I actually used to like Asamo Jan. That's the first time I've heard that. I'm um, reeling to be honest in the fact that the Newt story is not true. Yeah, I know. That kind of sucks. Well, I don't know if that's even possible because Newt's are pretty dumb. But I guess you could teach them to do that. Have you ever been to Norfolk or been to Dis? No, maybe we'll go there on the pod. I've only been to Norfolk and Dis once. and uh, oh. Yeah, and um, the one thing I remember, there's lots and lots of honeycomb. As in, <laughs> like the thing you get inside of a crunchy. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what honeycomb is. <laughs> I didn't want you to think it was yeah, something else. <laughs> um... Well, cool. So if we end up, end up, ever end up going there in the pod... We can eat some honeycomb and hopefully find some sort of wildlife centre. And some newts playing football. Yeah. Well, that story wasn't true, though, so that's <laughs> impossible. Um, well, that's the news. I've just had a Google, Jack, and Asimovjan did not kill his sister. I take it all back. Thank God. He was reported to have killed a, a rapper in Ghana in okay. a ritualistic killing. Okay, but not his sister, so not his sister. we'll let him off for that. Yeah, and it was never proven. Yeah. Um, Asmo Jan famously played for a lot of clubs. Um, we're going to be speaking about a new club 
Uh, every week we like to introduce our new club on the podcast. Uh, and this week's new club is Littlehampton Town FC. Um, it is perhaps the most adorably named new club since we've had uh, since we've started the podcast. I agree. Um, even more adorable, uh, even more adorable is that they're nicknamed the Marigolds. That's, that's cute, isn't it? This ador- it's cute. This, this team can't be more adorable if it tried. Do you think the the keeper plays in Marigolds or he plays in keeper gloves? <sighs> yeah, move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they play at a place, a place called the Sports Field. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to go there because um, Walton and Hersham are at home this week. Um, but I'm picturing something out of Lord of the Rings. It looks the sports like, field. Yeah, it sounds beautiful, doesn't it? Sports field. They're nicknamed the Marigolds. They're called Little Hampton yeah, FC. It's, it's kind of very Hobbiton. Where is it? In Sussex. In Sussex, yeah. I'm picturing yeah, rolling green hills and daffodils. and mm-hmm. it sounds lovely. Uh, they were formed in 1896, which seems more or less exactly the same time that every team we meet at this stage <laughs> yeah. of competency has been formed. Um, according to their Wikipedia, the uh, 2011 season was undoubtedly the finest in their history. Um, because as well as finishing as Division 1 champions, um, they also reached the first round of the FA Cup. So we know how far away that is. Yeah, That's a that long way impressive. off, right? Uh, where they were beaten 4-0 by Northampton Town. Still there. But in front of a crowd of 4,000. Yeah, that's massive for them. What yeah. that did for their finances. Um, as with Kennington last week, there's not, not masses to say about, <laughs> Northamp- about Littlehampton Town. Um, but one thing they were involved with earlier this year was the FA Vars trophy. What is the FA Vars? I couldn't tell you, to be honest. But right in. what I do know, <laughs> right in if you know what the FA Vars trophy <laughs> is. But I do know that Littlehampton Town got to the final this yes. year uh, and played against a team called Newport Pagnell, who I've heard of. The other thing I know about the FA Vars trophy is that it's on the same day as the promotion playoffs, uh, which involved Wrexham this year. Right, okay. And Wrexham are obviously very famous at the moment. Yeah. They're owned by uh, Ryan Reynolds and who's the other guy? Rob, Rob McAherney? Yeah, the guy I from... get his name wrong. The guy from Always, always Sunny. Always Sunny, yeah. Uh, and they're, on, they're, they're at Wembley on the same day. Nice. That's so cool. Ryan Reynolds confessed to being a, a, a fan of Littlehampton FC. He said, um, with every yell, you'll now get twice the support up the town. I said that on Twitter. That's cool. That's, nice. that's probably... I don't even have to use the famous fan generator this week. No, you've got a famous fan I've already. got one tweeting about it on the reg. I love it. That's all I know about Littlehampton FC. The Northampton game, what mm-hmm. was that in the FA Cup? Yeah, that was yeah the FA Cup first round. That's a Hampton derby, you'd call that. Mm, North versus Little. Can you name? There's also there's probably a few of those. There's Southampton. Yeah. Uh, Hampton and Richmond. Yeah. I guess that's it. And Little Hampton. Sorry. Is there a West Hampton? No. No. West Ham. Hampton. Yeah, if they change their name to Ham- West Hampton, what? that'd be good. Um, yeah. That's all the Hamptons. Apparently, I've got to say as well. <laughs> uh, they sound cool. Yeah, bits I wouldn't go. Um, but they sound pretty good. Maybe in the next round. Maybe the next round. We'll have to find out in the next segment. This week's episode is brought to you by Manchester's hottest new Italian football-themed restaurant, Torre Zamore. Footballing brothers and former Manchester City players Yaya and Colo Torre have traded in international caps for chef's hats and numbers on the back to initials on the front. For this week only, diners can enjoy a set menu including dishes such as spaghetti vardanara, Ivan Minestrone and Baccarie lasagna, plus delicious desserts including cannoli Watkins and tiramisuso, all for just $99.99 per person. Don't hesitate and book your table today at www.torresamore.co.it and say ya ya to a restaurant experience you'll never forget. Well, as we said already, uh, we were back at Walton for this game. 
Um, so nothing new there. But what I did notice straight away, so as the players coming out of the tunnel, um, they were playing Saturday by Wigfield. Yeah. Which is one of my favourite songs of all time. You do love that song. They interrupted it to play Clubfoot by Kasabian, mm-hmm. which I understand is a more football song, mm-hmm. but did leave this listener, viewer, watcher unimpressed. With a bad taste in the mouth. bad taste in the mouth. I was, yeah, already a Littlehampton fan after I heard that. Um, Littlehampton looked pretty silky. I liked them. Yeah, I like them too. Um, they, I remember it being a very physical game. Mm-hmm. Very, lots of big tackles. Yeah, lots of big shouts as well. People were, the ref was having a long day. Yeah. Um, good defending from Walton. Like I said, I think Littlehampton looks better on the ball. Um, Littlehampton did score on six minutes from a really good long ball. But straight after that goal, things turned a little bit for Littlehampton. They did a really cynical off-the-ball tackle from four, which I think should have been probably sending off. Um, and then there was an absolute belter, maybe the goal of the season so far. Yes. We've had two games. <laughs> I was on Be Real. Do you remember I missed Yeah, it? you missed it because you are on Be Real. But you, Pathetic millennial yeah. thing to do. But it was incredible. Uh, it's from a lad called Gilbert. Um, check it out on social media if you can. Maybe we'll post it. It was a really, really fantastic goal. Um, into half time I've got a note here saying the ground sells slush puppies wow and we haven't had one you didn't tell me at the time no slush puppies sometimes they're kind of they're not as good as you think they're going to be yeah you suck all the sugar out of them and then, little, and then they just left a vice on you little tip guys if you ever see Icy's it's got like a picture of a polar bear with sunglasses on Icy's mm. as in it's got like it's like ice but freeze yeah uh, they're really good and they're like they're what you imagine slushy should be okay um, cool that is a good little tip look out for those um, on, on while we're talking about food at football grounds, did you notice that um, they're sponsored by Garson's Farm? No, I didn't see that. No, what does that mean? Garson's Farm is a, is a local um, pick your own fruit farm in um, Surrey, That's uh, not cute. far from the ground. And it's, it's a lovely day out if, you, if you're in that area. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can come and pick a whole you know, basket of apples and make a nice apple crumble when you get home. It's not like you've been there. Have you been there? I've been there a few times. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice. really nice. I thought you were just taking a piss. No, no, no. It's genuinely a lovely day out. Well, talking about food as well, you said you had a burger at the ground. Uh, literally the best burger I've ever had in my life. You said it's the best burger in the UK. And I, I've got a theory, and I'm standing by this, and I've had nothing to disprove it yet. Food gets better the lower down the football pyramid you go. I would agree with that as well. I think the best food we ever had was at Oxford United. Yeah. Um, certainly the best menu. Mm-hmm. Um, well, your veggie, there's nice veggie options. There's there, nice veggie options. Uh, Tottenham's pretty good now, but I do agree with you. Burgers. Um, yeah, when I used to eat meat, like a proper greasy burger from like uh, a conference league team, you usually used to slap. Yeah, well, the the big the problem with burgers these days is they get too big. This burger was perfect. It fitted in my hands, fitted in my mouth. It was lovely. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's good. Um, well, back to the game. Um, another goal for Walton straight on the half, the 47th minute um, from a guy called Blackmore. Um, so it felt like Walton was kind of on the on the charge. Uh, the ground was kind of rocking a little bit. Um, good atmosphere. Yeah. It was just good atmosphere at Walton. Um, however, that was kind of allayed a little bit as um, Littlehampton uh, got a penalty, which they converted. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked like we were going to a replay, but that man Blackmore stepped up again, another goal for number nine uh, on the 72nd minute, and that's how the game finished up. Yeah, that was, that was where the, the defender lost it, didn't he? And he, he had the yeah, his pocket pinched. Exactly that, yeah. And the ball was played across goal, and it was placed into it was an very, open goal. Uh, very Mendy versus Leeds. It was, it was very, was, yes, FIFA 2012. Yeah, trying to be a bit too tricky and got done. Um, he probably got the hair dry when he got back to Littlehampton. I think as nice as a place it is, I'm sure they do get angry every now and again. Yeah, they have hair dryers. <laughs> yeah. Or metaphorical hair dryers. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so another win for Walton. Um, they're really good. They're generally a really good team. Um, we've done this podcast, well, we did one half season, two episodes in the second season. Uh, the first game is usually pretty bad. The first team we get is usually quite bad. Yeah. Um, 
I love those teams, but they were quite bad. Walton seemed like we've started on a quite a winner. Um, maybe the winner of the FA Cup. I don't know. I hope they go all the way. I've, I've, have I fallen in love with them? I've fallen in love with their burgers. Yeah, well, that's, you know, how else can you go wrong? Um, and actually, we're back there next week. So um, we're playing them again. They're playing Beaconsfield or Beaconsfield. I'm not yep. sure how to pronounce it. We'll find out for the we'll next pod. Next pod, Jack will pronounce it correctly. Um, and yeah, I'm starting to go back and yeah, up the, up the swans. Up the swans, up the sham, up the whatever they're called. So we've reached the point in the podcast where we usually take listeners' questions. Um, but before we do, Jack, uh, can I tell you some breaking news from the FA Cup? Please do. Usually our news is uh, quite old. We've had some from 1886, I believe. So it's good to have some real news. Yep, and this is 100% true. There's, there's no lie in this story. Oh, okay. Um, a player for Blackfield and Langley at the weekend was sent off for urinating in a hedge. During, during the game? During the game. Jesus. So I think in the 76th minute, rather than taking his goal kick, he jumped over the fence uh, and, and, and did what he needed to do. Uh, it's already being dubbed Urinate Gate. <laughs> nice. The game finished nil-nil, so there'll be a replay. And there's lots of banter flying around on social media. Um, they've the, the, the Shepton Mallet, who were the away team, said, make sure you get lots of toilet breaks on the way down next time. Nice. Um, the thing I like about Shepton Mallet is their hashtag is a town called Mallet. That's great. That's cool, Love isn't them. it? Love them. I wish we following that. That sounds great. Well, maybe, maybe at some point we will. Yeah. Um, the manager said he was pretty shocked by the decision. Um, here's a quote. He protected himself he was inside the hedge sometimes when you have to go you have to go I was yeah. gobsmacked by the decision uh, that is kind of wild so he wait did he get he got sent off sent off for yeah urinating I guess exposure I guess. was the real crime. I remember when Eric Dyer ran off the pitch to have a shit yeah so why didn't you just run to the toilet is when you got to go, you got to go. As yeah, but, like, why, but why would you, he, he wouldn't get sent off for going to the toilet, would he? If he, go, if he went inside, I imagine you can run off the pitch, can't you? I guess what has happened in other toilet incidents in football is they play on with a player down. Yeah, if you do that with a goalkeeper, you're pretty. But in he, trouble. they're doing that. You're in shit creek, creek. Yeah, yeah, nice. But he was already. Yeah, I guess he was his ball. Um, yeah, fair play. Well, more power to that goalkeeper. That's kind of funny. So, would you have sent him off? Do you remember those uh, questions in the paper where are you yeah. the ref? What it's called? Yeah, I remember me. Um, would I send him off for it? What level is this? This is the FA Cup. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I'm trying to work out like how professional, how many people are watching. Yeah, yeah. It's the same level as we're at. I think it should, actually, it shouldn't matter how people are watching. Um, yeah. No, I wouldn't send him off. I would say, you know, boys, everyone's got to go over now and again. Um, what, if he pissed himself, everyone would be angry about that. So, you know. Uh, Shepton Mallet tweeted, the replay of Urinate Gate is on Tuesday um, as, uh, what's the team called? B and AFC? Blackfield and someone. Yeah. Uh, make the trip back to the playing fields in the Emirates FA Cup. After an unusual red card in the first tie, brackets possibly a first, we are looking for a match sponsor. Plumbers or Portaloo companies take advantage. That's a great idea. Industrious nice. from them. Yeah. Uh, well, I like that. I think, you know, it's a bit, a bit of fun, isn't it? Come on. No one got hurt. Yeah. This is what the FA Cup's all about. Yeah. Um, should we move on to our listener question? Hit me with them. Um, got a great one this week. It's from Napoleon in Tunbridge Wells. He says he loves going to watch Tunbridge Wells FC puts in brackets here up the wells um, and having a skin full of the chaps but has recently given up on beer in an effort to lose weight okay um, he now prefers a glass of white wine or even a prosecco when down the pub but feels this might be out of place at a football match do you guys think football is ready for fans singing from the terraces with a glass of chardonnay 
Or will I be ostracized and exiled like my namesake, Monsieur Bonaparte? That's a brilliant question, Napoleon. Um, I personally think we are ready for white wine in the stands. What do you think? For sure. I think a, a lovely glass of red actually would have complimented that burger I was talking about. <laughs> That's a great idea. If you don't see it, though, he is right. You know, when, when do you ever see a glass of wine in the stand? I think from a boring safety point of view, they get pretty annoyed with having glass in the stands, don't they? Yeah, but, okay, sorry, find a plastic glass plastic of, cup? A plastic cup of wine. Yeah, I would love it. I'd, it's something I would love to see. Yeah, but I think it depends what kind of ground you're at. at I'm banging on about Tottenham a bit now. The Tottenham Stadium, I think you probably could get a glass of wine. If everyone's ever been there before, it's like a massive cruise ship on yeah. land. It's not really a stadium anymore. In in previous episodes, we've talked about doing this podcast in different countries. And mm. I do wonder if you were sort of lower league French football, you could uh, bring it. I'm sure you could bring a nice bottle of red to the game. Yeah, well, Napoleon has a French name, so maybe he is from the land of France. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you're probably right. I imagine in certain countries, but... It would look a bit strange with a glass of red wine or a glass of white wine or Prosecco for that matter, Napoleon, but just do you, man. Don't stress about it. I don't know if most, most stands wouldn't serve you white wine. No, I don't think so. I but think uh, Tunbridge Wells probably does. Of all the clubs in the world that would serve you a glass of wine at a football match, it's probably Tunbridge Wells. Yep. So, Napoleon, crack on, mate. I think it's fine. Um, if you get any stick from anyone, just give us a ring. Yeah, tell them to stop whining. Yeah, and listen to the Road to Wembley podcast and they'll tell you what's up. On that note, uh, thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week for Walton and Hirschman FC versus Beaconsfield or Beaconsfield or whatever it's called. Whatever it is. Cheers, guys. I'm off for a glass of wine. <laughs>